Welcome to the Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of the Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the seven years as we pick up in Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. We enter into the future in these next four chapters. And this is now writing of the great tribulation period, which is yet future. This is writing about this period of time, the final seven years, in which God is going to be dealing with the nation Israel. For 77s were determined upon the nation Israel, of which 69 were fulfilled when Christ the Messiah came, leaving one seven-year cycle yet to be fulfilled, which is yet future, which Jesus spoke to his disciples as being fulfilled during the time when the Antichrist will be upon the earth. Now here in Jeremiah, he speaks of this final seven-year period of God's dealing when he draws the Jews back into the land and he begins to deal with them. And thus, we are in this, in yet future events of this final seven years. It is called here in Jeremiah, the time of Jacob's trouble. And so it is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus speaks the Lord God of Israel, saying, Write thee all of the words that I have spoken unto you in a book. For lo, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel and Judah, saith the Lord, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. And it's talking about the present regathering that you see in the nation of Israel not the regathering from the Babylonian captivity. And if you notice the very last verse of chapter 30, in the very end of the verse, it said, in the latter days, you will understand it, or you'll consider it. You'll, you'll, you'll be able to understand this in the last days. So write it in the book. In the last days, this will be understood. So as we see the nation Israel being regathered into the land, we can begin to understand now the words of this particular prophecy. Now these are the words that the Lord spake concerning Israel and concerning Judah. For thus saith the Lord, we have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. And of course the land hasn't really experienced peace since they've been regathered. And the people are beginning to, to live in fear. Ask ye now and see whether a man doth travail with child. Does a man travail? Does a man go through labor? Why do I see in every, every man with his hands on his loins like a woman who is in travail and all of their faces are turned into paleness? And so he sees really the, the, the anguish that is upon the men of Israel. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. But he shall be saved out of it. So God promises that he is going to save the people out of it. For it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck and will burst thy bonds, and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him." but they shall serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I will raise up unto them. So God is going to break the yoke of the Antichrist and of the oppression as Jesus 
comes again. And they will serve the Lord their God and David, Christ, after the seed of David, the branch out of the stem of Jesse, will be the king upon the throne of David to order it and to establish it in righteousness and in judgment, whom I will raise up, God says unto them. Therefore, fear thou not, O my servant Jacob, saith the Lord, neither be dismayed, O Israel, for lo, I will save thee from afar and thy seed from the land of their captivity. And Jacob shall return and shall be in rest and be quiet, and none will make him afraid. This is when Jesus comes again, then shall he gather together his elect from the four corners of the world. And Israel will be brought back and recognize Jesus and acknowledge him and serve him. For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to save thee. For all of Israel shall be saved, as saith the scripture. For a deliverer shall come out of Zion to turn the hearts of the children of their fathers when Jesus comes again. Though I make a full end of all of the nations where I have scattered thee, yet will I not make a full end of thee, but I will correct thee in measure and will not leave thee altogether unpunished. You're going to be punished, but you're not going to be destroyed. For thus saith the Lord, thy bruise is incurable and thy wound is grievous. There is none to plead thy cause that you may be bound up. And you have no healing medicines. All of your lovers have forgotten thee. They do not seek you. For I have wounded thee with the wound of an enemy and with the chastisement of a cruel one for the multitude of thine iniquity, because thy sins were increased. Why do you cry for your affliction. Your sorrow is incurable for the multitude of your iniquities because your sins were increased. I have done this unto you. Therefore, all of they that devour thee shall be devoured, and all of your adversaries, every one of them, shall go into captivity, and all of they that spoil thee shall be a spoil, and all they that prey upon thee will I give for a prey. Now, you remember Jesus said in Matthew's gospel when he returns again, when the Son of Man comes in his kingdom, then shall he gather together the nations for judgment, and he will separate them as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will say to those on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of the Father, inherit the kingdom that was prepared from the foundations of the earth. Enter into the joy of your Lord. For I was hungry, and you fed me, thirsty, and you gave me to drink, naked, and you clothed me, in prison, and sick, and you visited me. And to those on his left, he'll say, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, into everlasting judgment, or into Gehenna, which was prepared for Satan and his angels. For I was hungry, and you did not feed me. Thirsty, you did not give me to drink. Naked, you did not clothe me. Lord, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you naked? When did we see you in these conditions? And he said, inasmuch as you did it not unto my brethren, the least of my brethren, you did it not to me. And Jesus is talking about the Jews and the treatment of the nations of the Jews. And the nations will be brought in judgment before God for their treatment of the Jewish race. That is why it is so important for us to maintain a strong pro-Israel position as a nation. God is going to judge the nations for their treatment of his brothers, Jesus' brothers, that is the Jewish nation. 
So here, God is saying the same thing through Jeremiah, that he will bring a f those that devour you will be devoured. All of your adversaries, every one of them shall go into captivity, and those that spoiled you will be spoiled. For I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. Because they called thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion whom no man seeks after. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring again the captivity of Jacob's tents, and have mercy on his dwelling places, and the city shall be built upon her own heap. And the city of Jerusalem has been built over the heaps of the past ruins. And the palace shall remain after the manner thereof. And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving in the voice of them that make merry. And I will multiply them, and they shall not be few. And I will also glorify them, and they shall not be small. Their children also shall be as they were before, and their congregation shall be established before me. And I will punish those that oppress them. The glorious restoration of the nation Israel. Now, there are Bible teachers today who deny this aspect of biblical truth. It is unfortunate, but there are many ministers who have been deceived into an anti-Semitic position. And I get tracts and all letters from people with these tracts on anti-Semitism because they know my pro-Israel position. And they, they say, God is through with the nation Israel. The church is now spiritual Israel. All of the promises that God gave to Israel now apply to the church, and the church is now spiritual Israel, and God is through and forever finished with the nation Israel. As a people, they are over. They had their chance. They ruined their chance. God has cast them out forever. They're gone. That's the end of it and all. Not so. These people are not scholars of the Old Testament. If they would read the Old Testament, they would realize that God is making these promises to the nation Israel, to the seed of Jacob, and they do not and cannot apply to the church even in a spiritual way. Now, because these people misinterpret the Scriptures and have such a lack of understanding of the Old Testament prophecies, they then make the second error and say that the church is going to go through the Great Tribulation. Because in the Great Tribulation, God speaks of the saints. God speaks of the elect. And thus, if there are saints and elect in the Great Tribulation, they must be the church. Because God is through with Israel. And those promises and all that applied to Israel are now all applicable to the church. Therefore, the other things that were applicable to Israel would also be applicable to the church, and thus they see the church in the Great Tribulation. But it's only because of the spiritualizing of the church to become spiritual Israel and declaring that God is through once and forever with the nation Israel, the seed of Jacob. That is contrary to all of the prophecies. As Peter spoke, how that God spoke in all of the scriptures, he said, of the final restitution. 
Peter makes reference to how God in all of the scriptures spoke of that day when the final restitution of the nation Israel, of all things to the nation Israel. But these men either willfully or ignorantly overlook this fact and thus they fall into that tragic error of saying, well, the church is in the great tribulation because look, here it speaks about the saints. What does it say about the saints? It says, and the beast will make war against the saints and overcome them. Good luck, saints. You're going to be overcome by the Antichrist. Doesn't that encourage you? In Daniel, it speaks about the little horn, the Antichrist, who makes war against the saints and prevails against them. Congratulations, saints. Antichrist is going to wipe you out. No, no, no. Don't you believe that? Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Then who are the saints who the Antichrist prevails against? Israel. In this final seven-year period, the time of Jacob's trouble. And that's why Jacob is in trouble, because he has made a covenant with the Antichrist. So anxious are they to rebuild their temple when, that when the European leader comes along and says, look, we'll help you to rebuild your temple. After all, you've eliminated Russia and given us now this great rise to power. And so we'd like to show you a favor and, and we'll just put a wall along here and we'll separate the Dome of the Rock Mosque from this area here and go ahead and build your temple right here. And they will begin to worship this man as the, as the Messiah. But after three and a half years, he'll come to this temple and he's going to stand in the Holy of Holies and he's going to say, all right, that's enough. Stop the prayers, the sacrifices. I am God. You must now worship me as God. And the people are going to flee down to the area of Jordan, Transjordan, into the area of Petra, where God is going to preserve them. The Antichrist is going to send out an army after them. The earth is going to open up and swallow the army of the Antichrist. And then he is going to just make war against the remnant of the Jews that are still in the land, eradicating them. Time of Jacob's trouble. But then deliverance is coming. For as the Antichrist then begins to move with his European forces to conquer Africa, and he passes through Egypt, comes to the borders of Ethiopia, and is moving down in a conquest of Africa, he'll hear the news that the forces of China and Russia have combined together and are moving across the Euphrates in a mass invasion of Europe. And he will return from his invasion of Africa, and he'll meet these combined forces of China and Russia in the Valley of Megiddo there in Israel, and there the final great conflict will be fought. And while these armies of the world, the vast millions of people pour into this area for this holocaust and the blood is running to the horse's bridle through the space of the whole valley, then the deliverer shall come out of Zion. Behold, he comes with ten thousands of his saints and he sets his foot upon the Mount of Olives, which perpetrates an earthquake that splits the Mount of Olives in two, 
one part towards the north and one part towards the south, forming a new valley down to the Dead Sea area. And underground springs will be opened up and a river will come gushing out from Jerusalem and flow on down towards the Dead Sea. A part of it will branch off and go to the Mediterranean. And when the waters come into the Dead Sea, the Dead Sea will no longer become a Dead Sea, but will become alive and active. And they'll begin to have a fishing industry in the area of the Dead Sea and then Getty will be a place of drying fishers' nets. And all of this God has predicted and told in advance. And when Jesus returns, by the brightness of his coming and by the word that goes forth out of his mouth, he's going to destroy this man of sin, the Antichrist, this false Messiah. And he is going to sit upon the throne of David and he's going to establish the kingdom of God upon the earth. And he will rule over the nation with a rod of iron. And he has said to those who overcome that they shall rule and reign with him over the nations. And we shall reign with him as kings and priests as he establishes God's kingdom here on the earth. And our prayers, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven will be consummated as we see the glorious day of God's kingdom here on earth. And they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks and they will study war no more. And the lion will eat grass with the oxen and the wolf and the lamb will lie down together and a little child will lead and lying around by its mane. For there will be no more wars, there will be no more violence in God's kingdom, but it will be a kingdom of righteousness and joy and peace. And that's the kingdom where we share because of God's grace and love to us through Jesus Christ. So Jeremiah is now moving ahead to this kingdom age and his prophecy. He's going out be beyond the darkness. There's going to be a period of darkness period of captivity. But then there will come forth in verse 19 the thanksgivings and the voices of those that make merry. And I will multiply them, and they'll not be few. I'll glorify them, they'll not be small. Their children also shall be as they were before, and their congregations shall be established before me. And I will punish all of those that have oppressed them. And their nobles shall be of themselves, and the governor shall proceed from the midst of them, and I will cause him to draw near, and he shall approach unto me. For who is this that engaged his heart to approach unto me, saith the Lord? And ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. Behold, the whirlwind of the Lord goeth forth with fury, a continuing whirlwind. It shall fall with pain upon the head of the wicked, and the fierce anger of the Lord shall not return until it have done it and have performed the intents of his heart. In the latter days, you'll see it come to pass. You'll consider it. You'll understand it. As in this tribulation, like a whirlwind from God, until it is accomplished, God's purposes, and then the kingdom shall be established. The book of Revelation closes with the words, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him who is a thirst come and drink of the water of life freely. And Jesus said, Behold, 
I come quickly. And John responded, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Oh, how I long for that day when Jesus shall come and establish his righteous reign over the earth. How I long for that day when we will see the world that God intended and God wanted from the beginning, a world that is cleaned up of its pollution, physical and spiritual, where we live together in his love, in his righteousness, in his peace, in his glory. I'm so thankful that God has ordained that I should have a place and a part in that kingdom. Even if it is just picking up coconuts on the beaches in Hawaii to keep them clean, you know, it's great. Gonna love it. Keep my section of the beach clean. continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Jeremiah in our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Jeremiah 30 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord... Cause his word to be established in each of your hearts and lives. And may you grow in grace and in knowledge of him. And may he with his cords of loving kindness just draw you unto himself. That you may ever experience a richer, fuller, deeper comprehension of that love that God has for you, his child. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Gather the kids together because the Word for Today would like to present a kid's book by Pastor Chuck called The Story of the Resurrection of Jesus. Each book contains an audio CD of Pastor Chuck reading this story, featuring the voice talents of Skip Heitzig. But I will come back again on the third day. Greg Laurie. It's Jesus! Hi, Peter. 
Raul Reese. See, it's really Jesus. Gosh. Cheryl Broderson. The stone was rolled away. The tomb is empty. And so many more. It's never too early to start reading to your children timeless biblical stories taught by Pastor Chuck. To order your copy, call the word for today at 800-272-WORD. Or to see a sneak preview, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org where you can order this book in print or as a digital download. Again, the number to call is 800-272-9673.